welcome, welcome, welcome once again to the Contender of the Fate broadcast. And I'm your host, Robert Jones. I thank the Lord for you on this Saturday, September 23rd, 2017. Amen. It's the day that they say that the end of the world was coming. People of God, don't be moved. Amen. About what the society, the world is saying. Amen. The scripture simply says that no man know the day, know the hour. So... All we can do as believers is discern the times, and we know that the Lord's return is soon. But as far as a date and time, we don't know that. So let's keep our minds focused on the things that God is saying in these last days that we're living in. You know, the last days were uh, even when Jesus uh, got off the cross, when he rose the third day, when um, he told his disciples um, in the book of Acts, what they needed to do, and he um, spent time with them after he left and ascended. That was the last days. The last days been going on for some time now. That does not uh, remove it being the last days. Be so careful. Be so prayerful that you don't get caught up in uh, not necessarily you, the believer, but if you are a person that's looking to seek the Lord or you are an unbeliever, just a person that don't have a relationship with the Lord, make certain that you don't get caught up in the tricks that's going on around. Because what it will do, what it will try to do, is desensitize people so they would continue living any kind of way. And then one day, truly, the Lord is going to return. And you don't want to be caught and doing something that you shouldn't be doing. So be watchful of the enemy, how he used people to proclaim that the Lord is, 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 is coming back. I mean, that's not a shock. He said he was coming back. So, um, But let's be prayerful about how we receive these uh, end-time um, prog prognosticators, they call prognosticators, that say things that's not... Uh, biblical lord jesus we thank you for this day we ask you lord to bless each and every person give everybody what they need on today lord we come against everything that will come against your people in the name of jesus we lift up a standard against the enemy in the name of jesus we ask you lord that there will be a bloodline between us and him and everything that we so desire to be in your will we ask you lord that it will come to pass we ask you lord right now that you will touch each and every listener that you would increase and enlarge their territory. We bind and rebuke the enemy. We come against time, bones, and body, sickness, and disease. We come against every attack that the enemy would try to send to your people. We come against everything that doesn't line up with your word. Come against oppression and depression. We come against every target that the enemy would try to give. We come against every spirit that tells us that you don't answer prayers. We come against every dark war, warlock or witch or every listening demon everything to try to make what your word says Lord to be a lie we come against you right now Satan the Lord Jesus rebuke you you have no authority you have no victory we come against spooks and potagites type things and bumps in the night and creepy things we come against all of those things Lord Jesus we ask you Lord that we will continue to walk in you that we will be more faithful than we ever been and we love you for what you're doing and will do. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. We truly thank the Lord Jesus Christ 
on today for what he's doing. Amen. And what he's doing and how he's going to do it. For those of you that are new, the Contender of the Faith broadcast, we oppose unbiblical sayings and societal norms. We deal with the issues that our society has um, said that it was God, like the situation with the doomsday today. That's what we come against. We deal with those things um, simply meaning we stand against them. We speak out against them. And that's scripture we come from is Jude 1 and 3. Amen. I thank the Lord for what he's doing. And if you desire to listen to us live on Wednesday, I mean, well, on Sunday, um, we do have a Wednesday too. We have a Wednesday call in uh, that you can listen to us 8 o'clock Wednesday, Eastern Standard Time. That's 720-820-1583. And that's the uh, midday, midweek teaching Bible study by our uh, our evangelist, uh, Trevor Jones, my wife. And um, also on Sunday, we have um, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 720-820-1583. Uh, for the people that are working or can't get out to church can't get out to the building can't get out to fellowship with other believers you can call in and we will definitely be glad to have you the lord jesus bless you the lord jesus keep you we are on our sixth episode of survival guide to the church we have been dealing with the things that we can do to ensure that we are um, surviving in these last and evil days with all the things going on in our churches now, all things that's happening. You need to have a survival plan. You know, there's survival plans uh, for the storms. You've had a couple of hurricanes hit our, hit us in the United States. Um, uh, and I'm more than sure these other countries have things happen with them. But there's survival. You should have a survival plan. You should have a way to survive. And the church for so, for so long, for four too long uh i think has brushed things that should have been or should be addressed we brush it under the rug the the, the, the church rug and it goes um undealt with and then you have broken people bitter people angry people you know many times some of the people that we say are unsafe or heathenistic or all the names that some people would give people that's not actively fellowshipping in a church or not uh, looking churchy. These people were once in the fold. They were once in the body. And they just left because of what was going on. Of course, there's more to it than that. We, I mean, we know people use scriptures and say, well, if you was once with us, you would never left us. I get all that stuff. But sometimes people are, uh, get so hurt, so damaged to where uh, they just leave and they don't. Um, start out leaving the Lord. I think they try to, you know, do little home Bible studies and try to uh, do things on their own at their home or just between their families, and then eventually they fall off because of dedication. Uh, and the enemy usually, you know, get them uh, through um, separating them. That's one of the biggest things he used. So our job, we, we what we want to do is why you're there. You know, you're not going to leave. You're going to be there. How to survive, how to do things, how to 
flourish in the things of God. So we've been dealing with a series on survival guide to the church, and we're on a sixth part, part six. I think we're going to go to about ten. But today we're going to deal with praying for yourself in others. Praying for yourself in others, which is very, very important. Um, and, 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 it, and praying will definitely um, open you up to hear God if you so desire to hear him. I, I'm going to show you uh, wouldn't be listening if you're not desiring to see what God is saying. But prayer has always been a private and personal thing. It's always been private and personal in its attempt to communicate with an invisible higher power or being. Pay attention. But as a believer of Jesus Christ, we don't have to attempt to speak with him. And he's not our higher power being. The reason why I use that example, because there are people in different um, um, religions and different uh, sects of um a religion and, 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 and they have a sort of prayer, not like we do as believers, but they pray to different things. So they uh, do their higher power. They do to their God, this and their God, that, but as believers, as believers of Christ, we don't have to deal with that side of God. We don't have to deal with that at all because God is always listening. He's always looking to see what we are saying, but prayer, even in their uh, occultic, uh, um, um, areas they still believe that they are, are getting a prayer answer or they believe that they are praying and they actually say they are praying so prayer um, in a sense of talking uh, to God that's little g for them big g for us but people believe that if they pray to their God that he will answer but we know that um, our God Big G, Jesus Christ's father, Jesus Christ, they answered our prayers. Of course, we go through Jesus Christ to get our prayers answered because there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Amen. So I hope we get that cleared out. I don't want nobody think, saying that I'm trying to say God is a higher power. He's not, that's not what we believe. We believe God is the father. Amen. So as a believer of Jesus Christ, we don't have to attempt to speak with God because we know that he's always available and listening to our petitions. Unfortunately, say unfortunately, unfortunately, something has happened in our groups of believers where the church leadership has been charged with praying for able-bodied believers that will not or do not pray for themselves, that will not or do not pray for themselves. So, because they will not or do not pray for themselves, a problem uh, exists. A problem happens, if you will. Um, this puts a major strain on well-meaning believers. This puts a strain on people that desire to help you. This puts a strain on everybody because many times these people are not interested in doing any more than they're doing. They're just looking to literally just receive the prayer so they can continue doing what they're doing. Let's go into scripture. Second Chronicles 7 and 14. I thank the Lord for you on today, you listeners, and 
I pray that the Lord will do great things for you. Amen. I pray that you are wonderful on today. And I ask that you pray for us. Amen. I ask that you will pray for us. If you want to find out more about the ministry, you can at www.noflesh.org. N-O-F-L-E-S-H dot O-R-G. Noflesh.org. We thank the Lord for you. Amen. On today. Second Chronicles 7 and 14. It says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. So this should be a familiar scripture to many. It starts out using the word if which means supposed or in case, which lets us know off the bat that some may or may not do what the scripture is requiring. So God is saying his people, when he used the word his people, it shows care and ownership. He called us. We didn't call ourselves. It goes on. So we want to humble ourselves and the scripture says humble. And when you're dealing with that word, it means you can't be boastful or arrogant trying to get what this scripture is speaking about. You can't get prayers answered from God being boastful and arrogant and you not being humble when you're talking with the creator, the maker, our father. A major word in this scripture is pray. And it goes on, and while you're praying, continue to pray until you know I have heard you. Continue to pray until you know I've heard you. That's why I seek my face. So this part becomes a struggle for many. This part becomes a struggle because it involves patience, dependency. And in some cases, vulnerability, which countless people shy away from. The next part of the scripture tells us what must be done. Turn. It says turn from your wicked ways. Turn. Meaning you have control over the situation. Turn from what you're doing. So turn from what you're doing because you have control over the situation. Turn from what you're doing that offends the father and places a wedge between you and him. It continues, now I will hear you. Notice the distinguishment with the scripture saying, I will hear you from heaven. Meaning it's out of your hands. It doesn't come from you and me. He said, I will forgive you of your sin and while I'm forgiving you, I will allow your land to prosper, which informs us, or should inform us, that prosperity of your land and prosperity of you is determined by the people' obedience to God. Many times, um, dealing with um, uh, land and, and situations with jobs and people, and and uh, you could work a place and they could have um, an issue going on with the people. And it will affect you. 
So you have to be so prayerful that you don't get caught up in um, something wicked in the name of you trying to make it or you trying to get a deal or get some ownership here or there. That's that's a, that's another whole subject. But the land, the the, the land, the people's a- attitude and motive on the land have a lot to do um, with uh, what happens uh, with that that situation, that land. So so that is important. That is important. And as I'm, you know, many times I I talk and while I'm talking, I'm still hearing. I'm hearing. It's like I'm talking of what I've. Um, study to talk about on here then I'm hearing what God is saying as I'm talking because of course he changes uh, up what you say even if he told you to uh, in the beginning and I mean he does that anybody that minister know that you can prepare something and when you start ministering it comes out different but I have that going on plus I'm having my own thoughts so you pray for me amen and I'm more than sure you are aware of it if you Minister, you know how this goes. Matthew 6 and 7. Matthew 6 and 7. Let's get that. We're just taking our time, but not too much of it. Matthew 6 and 7, it says, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they should be heard for their much speaking. So when you are praying, be sincere. A relationship has to be established first with God to get your prayers answered. Now, there's some little nuances, some things that go on behind the scenes that happens to some people. And they say that I was in this situation, law still hurt me. We're going to deal with how that happens. But to get your answer, your prayers answered, you want to have a relationship with God. When there's no relationship then we tend to repeat sayings and religious invocations that God does not want. The heathen, the unsaved, the stranger of God does this because it draws attention to themselves with their long speeches of prayers and all what they're saying. But notice, this scripture lets us know that when we pray, pray with a sincerity that will get results. If you want your prayers to get results you want your prayers to be answered you want to pray with sincerity and you want to have a relationship it 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 just shocks me how we are humans and we value our relationship we have standards and protocols of that relationship what we will or will not put up with with our spouses and you're dating to one day hopefully get married and uh, family members, we have jobs, we have all of these relationships that go on in our lives, and we have a qualification, we have something that we will or will not put up with, but when it comes to good old God, good old Sky Daddy, we can give him whatever we want, and we just want him to just receive it and move on, because he's God, that's not fair, that's not fair, I tell you, let's keep going on, James 5 and 16, we're dealing with prayer, though. We're dealing with prayer and praying for yourself and praying for others. James 5 and 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I honestly believe 
that this is why there's so little praying going on. I believe there's not enough fault confessing. This is not happening because of pride that many people carry. Many pretend that all is well while attempting to pray for you without them acknowledging their fault, error, or issue to anyone. The Bible simply says confess your sins to one another. When you do that, when you do that, you will definitely um, put yourself in a place of vulnerability. You put yourself in a place of sincerity and um, a transparency. Um, I get that. If you're a preacher, you are holding the title. You know, that's some of the issues you get. We got to get past the title. But anyway, for the ones that want to hold the title, I have a title. You know, everybody has a title. Uh, um, I'm uh, Mr. Robert, maybe to a kid. And, um, and, and spiritually, so uh, my title is pastor. So we have titles and handles. But when it comes to confessing your faults, if you can't find nobody on your level to confess your faults to, then you still need to be able to confess your faults. You marry, what's wrong with your wife? You confess your faults to her. You, you a woman, you confess your faults to your husband. What, what, what's wrong with that? But many times the people that in the pews find themselves confessing their faults to leaders in the church. And then those leaders in church supposed to be able to confess their faults to someone on their uh, platform or wherever. But that don't happen many times. That's not what's going on. You confess your faults to some of these leaders, these pastors, these preachers. And these preachers turn around and won't confess their faults to anyone. So now you have a uneven playing field. And James says confess your faults one to another. It didn't specify who. And then say, you do, you do it, I don't have to. You see? But here it goes again. Pray for one another. The scripture tells us to pray for one another. It's not right to always solicit prayers and you won't or don't pray for anyone. Not even the ones that pray for you. You don't even want to pray for yourself. This is something that has crept in the body of Christ. Every prayer line you get in, but you will not turn. Then you won't pray for the people that are praying for you. Now, let me put this disclaimer. I'm not referring to new believers. Or people that are too sick to pray for themselves. Or others. We are talking about, I am talking about able-bodied people that get prayers and consistently go back into would originally bound them up in the first place. Talking about those people. This is wrong. And it unnecessarily puts people uh, that can be doing other things to stand before you and pray for you once again. They could be doing other things. They could be praying for other people. It uses valuable resources, I believe. And, it, and, it, and it's using resources because these people don't want to do what's right. See, one thing about being unsaved, I remember what it was to be unsaved. When I was unsaved, I loved being unsaved because I didn't know anything but being unsaved. But when I came in, I didn't desire to be unsaved anymore. We got the new group of people that wants to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church, and they want to do anything they want to do, and then they don't want anybody to say anything because if you say something, then you're judging them. That is wicked. Something is very demonic about that. It goes on. But if you pray for one another... You will be healed. Why? Because you are effective and fervent in your prayer life. 
and because of that, he yields much results. It is impossible for you to be effective and passionate in prayer and not get positive results. Let me say that again. It is impossible for you to be effective and passionate in prayer and not get positive results. We living in times where people are saying that God is not answering prayers. I beg to differ. He does answer prayers. But what's your effectiveness? What's your fervency? What's your sincerity? Is there any sin there? Praying always. A praying allows the person to communicate to God concerning their life, whether it is thanksgiving or petition-based, meaning asking. Prayer is the gathering of unrehearsed words spoken to God and an attempt to show our gratitude and dependency on him, on him. There's a danger when we leave life to itself without prayerful intervention. Anything that happens, anything that goes, goes. You don't pray, you just kind of let it happen. Let it be what it's going to be, as we sometimes say. I believe many tragedies could have been avoided if we would just have prayed and sought God. If we just seek God, I believe many tragedies can be avoided. Our society has become a is a sit and see what God is going to do environment. We have become a society like that. We like to sit back and see what God is going to do. I'm a sit and see. I'm a lay back and watch, you know lazy society just making god be responsible for things that you got yourself into not being hard i'm just being real and when we sit back and see and we become this society where we're going to see what god's going to do then we go into a place we don't do any praying there's no praying going on to combat the evil plans of satan we cannot continue to say God is responsible for things bad without interceding. This can only end bad for our future generation. We are literally training a new group of believers to think God answers some prayers and not all. Or his will is to heal some and not all. This is a very divisive plan of the evil one. You have to know that's a plan of the devil. Making you believe that he can heal this one but not heal that one. Making you believe he can answer this prayer but not that prayer. When a bunch of it is based on how we seeking his face. Many times we got some demonic stuff going on inside of us. We're going to deal with that as we go on. What's go, what I believe the, 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 uh, the problem is with that. Uh, Philippians 4 and 6. Philippians 4 and 6. It says, be careful for nothing. But in everything be, but in, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Be watchful. Be cautious. Be alert for nothing. Do it all the time. Be careful. Be watchful. Be cautious for nothing. When, when In the sense of this word nothing, which means everything. In the sense of this when you read it here, when it says be careful for nothing, it means be careful for everything. Now, we're not talking about being scared or afraid. That's not what we're dealing with. No fear, no afraid. But be aware of what's going on in the spirit realm concerning you and your family, even your friends. Everything that you do or planning to do, do be prayerful about it. 
it should go through prayer. Amen? I'm reminded of TASA. You know, the people that check you in when you're going on a plane. I'm reminded of them. It doesn't matter how homeless you think you are or what you are carrying or on is. Everything is screen. Your body screen, your stuff that you have is screen. Doesn't matter what you believe, it is screen. You can fuss, you can get upset all you want. If you want to board their plane, you must be checked. And if something is found that is questionable, depending on what it is, it can go from throwing it away in the garbage or you being arrested. Of course, if people say they had a gun or something and they didn't know it was on there and in the bag and they got arrested. Didn't matter that they forgot. But everything is scanned. And this is how press should be. Press should be your scanner before making decisions. The scripture continues with thanksgiving. And this is very important too. Because it places you it places you in the right spirit. So while you're praying, you're in a place of thanksgiving. And while you're in a place of thanksgiving, you're praying while you're seeking God to answer your prayer. So while you're seeking God, answer for your prayer or for uh, what you're praying for, then you want to be in that place of thanksgiving. Amen? So supplication is a petition. You are adamant on pushing through until you get an answer. Not being pushy or arrogant. Pushing, pushing, pushing through. Pushing through. Pushing through. Let me say that one more time. Pushing through is not the same as being pushy or arrogant. If you have kids and you was in the delivery room with your wife, you saw that if she had natural childbirth, she pushed the baby through. She wasn't being pushy. She wasn't being arrogant. She was pushing the baby through, uh, pushing the baby out. So why? So she can, you know, have the child. And when you being... Uh, when you're seeking the Lord, you're pushing through so you can get what? Deliverance. So you are adamant on pushing through until you get an answer, not push your arrogant, letting God know what you want, letting him know your request. Letting him know your request. He wants to know your request. Amen. But some may say, well, you know, preacher, I pray, and my prayers are not answered. I don't think God hear me. Let's go to Jeremiah 29 and 11. Maybe a familiar scripture or something. Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you what? An expected end. My son, my daughter, no one can really tell you how I feel and how much I love you. This is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. No one can tell you how I feel and how I love you. Because I know the thoughts or opinions I have concerning you. See, so don't get caught up in he's not hearing your prayers. That's not what's going on. That's not what's going on. Please note, although this is God's thoughts of us, 
what we just read. We must remove, say we must remove, we must remove our fleshiness that gets in the way of this. So we want to still be in flesh and be into uh, sin and all this stuff. And we still want God to move by his spirit and move by his might. And we still in flesh. That's not, that's not right. These scriptures shows the issue is not with him. So anytime you believe the scriptures, God, you, you believe it's God, go to Jeremiah 29. So the script, the scripture says it's not with him. It's not with him. It's not with him. The issue is not with him. He didn't start anything with you. It continuing, it says, continuing, he knows what he feels. You know what he feel about you and me. And he's saying, it's me that said it. I said it. God saying it's him that said it. He says he has peaceful thoughts concerning you. I have good things prepared for you. Evil is not what I do. I don't look to kill and destroy people. To prove this, to prove I don't do these things, I will give you the end that you can depend on, one that you expect, one that's in my will for you. Note, and when you forget or you believe that your prayers are not being answered because of he's not hearing you, go back again and read what he thinks of you. But, of course, we know there's some other stuff that exists, and we're going to deal with what else can hinder <clears throat> the prayers. Amen? So, much of the debate, much of the debate that exists concerning prayer and God is answering, or is the answering of the prayers. The debate that exists an uh, issue that exists is God and his answering of our prayers. But this is what I will say. A great percentage of the time, prayer is not answered because of sin. That's just the bottom line. Prayer, many times, is not answered because of sin. That we are not willing to let go of. God is not a magic genie. That every wish is his command. He requires a clean life when it comes to those perks. You know, because see, that's not, you don't have to live long. That's not a requirement if you live in any kind of way. You know, there's people that live long and don't even know God, of course. But the end result is we got to hope they go where they need to go. Just being honest. See, we don't want to deal with the honesty of stuff. We want everything to be cookies and cream and, and and candies and and buttermilk scotches and all these food all this foolishness going on but when it comes to the perks the extras of god you see think about this most of us wouldn't give our kids anything outside of what's needed to survive if our kids wasn't doing or don't or have not done what we asked them to do you know if you ask your kid to do something and you got to keep telling them and they're not doing what they need to do as children 
many parents will just feed them and provide the basic necessities. But anything extra, oh, mom, could I have $100 to go buy this? Oh, no, your grade's not good. Oh, no, you're not listening. Oh, no, you're not paying. You know, some parents still will give because, you you know, you got this thinking in your mind that, you know, this is how it's supposed to be. But the Bible tell us how we're supposed to be. If the Lord tell us how we're supposed to be towards our kids, which is not being afraid to discipline them. I'm not talking about beating and killing and all this extra stuff. This new group of people doing for their kids. We talking about abuse. Not abuse, but disciplining. Communicate with them, tell them when they're wrong. See, many times if, this is what I found out. Something else I found out. If a parent disciplines their kids and, they're, and they have kids and they discipline them and they do it the way God is saying, not being abusive, of course, but letting them know when they're wrong, then when God turn around and he gives that back to you, you know what it is. But many times, many people are have an issue because if you look at their kids, their kids are not disciplined. Because if you can't discipline your kids, then your father can't discipline you. And if he do it, you're going to look at him funny. You're not going to be able to receive it because you have not been disciplined as a kid, maybe. See, this is this is some other stuff here what we're talking about because people don't want to deal with this. We want to just say what we want to say. Do we want to do and move on and let God do what he needs to do for us so we can continue on living our life the way we want? That's not so. That's not how God operates. So we have to stop looking at God as a man. That's some of the problem. We look at God as a mere man. God is not a man. He's not a man that he should what? Lie. He's not a man. He's not a man. He came in the form of a man. But his attributes and his he's in his level of intellectualism and the way he think is not like we think as men and women. So he's not a man that he can be manipulated into doing what we want him to do. As long as he does what we want him to do, many people proudly say, all teeth, or however many you have, they'll say, my God is good to me. But what I want to tell you, the ones that love saying this. When was the last time you asked the father, were you good to him? Or is your life pleasing him? You can kind of keep a pattern together. You can kind of figure the pattern. When you have people keep saying God is good to them, how good God is, God, God is good, God is good, and it's all based off of what they're getting and what they're receiving. And, they, and you have people literally that 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 is going to, give God a problem where well, they think they will. They go, they, they're going to be a problem later because if they believe these things that they're getting is God, I'm not saying it's not, but if they believe it is, and when these things stop coming or things get hard, those people are going to be the first ones to leave out the door. Those people are going to be the first ones to leave God because they are basing God on what he's given them. They don't want to do no commitment. Just God, give me, give me, give me, give me. I don't want to spend all this time on this, but we need to talk about that. Amen. Psalms, I mean, Isaiah 59 and 1 and 2. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. We almost run out of time. Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Uh, second verse, uh, Isaiah 59 and 2. Isaiah 59, verse 2. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his faith from you that he will not hear. Isaiah 59 says, 59 and 1, Behold, behold, a look. That's what behold means to look. 
Look at this. The Lord is not disabled when it comes to saving you. He's not a disabled God. Nor his ears stopped up. He's not deaf when you pray. He can clearly hear what you're praying. But the problem is the wrongdoing that you are doing separates you from him. And it may seem as though he's the problem. And it seems as though he is ignoring you. It's not what's going on. God wants us, God wants to be close to us. We just read in Jeremiah 29 11 how he felt about us. He wants to be close to us. But our inability to choose between him and Satan poses a major problem. Sometimes we are only praying for a little comfort while we are outside of God's will. I, I, I meet these people all the time and we have these deliverance services and you have people, they will say like, they have people say, oh, I'm a, I'm a witch. I'm a, uh, I'm a Satan worshiper. There, people will say all of these things that they are in the, and you know, outside of God. And you ask them, why are they there? Oh, because it's getting, it's getting to be too much. And then when you start going into the prayer and the denouncement of stuff, they don't want to do that. They just want some peace. They want the devil to leave them alone while they get serving the devil. Ain't that something? But that's the type of thinking that we have in our society. Not putting these people down because they need the Lord Jesus Christ too. But when will it get to the place where we just say, you know what? I give it up. I give it away. That's, that's how you get, that's how you come, that's how you get saved. You give up the sin you were in. So many times these people want a little comfort while they are outside of God's will. And all we have to do is let go of the thing that is bringing us down. But the reason we hold on so tight to the wrong, many times it's what we know, what we become familiar with. Many family members before us have struggled with the same thing. Many people have struggled with the same thing. This is not anything new. Many family members deal with the same issue that we deal with. I always say many times you don't hear anything about it. They don't say nothing. They keep it to themselves. So here you're struggling with something and you're figuring out and you're thinking you're the only one that's struggling. And you go back a couple of years and you'll find out great-grandma was had it. And great-great-grandpa had this same uh, sin issue, same problem you have, but they don't say anything about it. So the verse continues and says, because I know how much I love you and how wonderful I made you. See, God made us a certain way. He made us wonderful. Because I made you wonderful and I know how I made you, I will not look at you in this sinful place, knowing full well you can do better. No, this has some spiritual implications. See, you got to keep this in mind. God sees the demon. That's inside of us. That's inside of you, me. If you got some sin going on, he see the demon. While you standing before him asking him for prayer, he see that you got company. The devil that we have allowed to take over our life, he see that. So when we think we are praying on our own, there's someone there with us that's hindering the prayer. So while you coming to the Lord sincerely, like you say, you haven't let go of that stuff, you haven't, you're not going to let it go. So while you're looking up to heaven, he can look right through you and see that demon still there. Because that demon knows you're not going to be sincere because he's holding on to you. Plus, you like doing what you're doing many times. This is not for everybody. Everybody don't like what they're doing. Some people listen to this message today may be willing and ready to give their life to the Lord totally. It's not for you. I'm talking about the ones who just listening to continue on. Are the ones who just got their mind made up that they all right. What I just talked about 
This is similar to going to a bank. Where everyone knows you, you go to that bank all the time. You withdraw some cash, or you try to withdraw some cash. But this time, you have someone in the bank with you that came in with you. They have dark shades, and they look suspicious. The tellers will do one or two things. They will give you the cash and call the cops when you leave to alert them. Or they will, while you're there, call them and don't do as you requested. So they'll stall. They're going to do one or two things. They're going to give you what you need or they're going to let you go and stand there until they get somebody to try to intervene. God has that option. He has that option too. When he sees us in sin, or when he sees sin on us, while we are withdrawing, or we are praying, because prayer is a withdrawal too, he can choose to answer the prayer, like the teller, he can give us what we ask him for, and send a minister and angel later. In Hebrews 1 and 14, talk about the minister angel go out to minister salvation. So he can give you your prayer. He can answer your prayer for you and let you go on your merry way and let you continue doing what you're doing. You see? And by and by, you get saved. Or he can flat out, don't answer it, until you know, until you be delivered, until the thief come out of you. And to Satan is cast out of you. This is where the problem comes in. So we get mad and we say, my prayers are not being answered. God is not hearing me. No, he don't want what he's giving you to be shared with that thing. Ultimately, he can decide. And he does in many cases. And he decides by not answering or hearing your prayers. Because the sin coming from us stinks in his nostrils. So, this is why we want to deal with praying for ourselves and praying for others. But while we're praying for these people and praying for others, we want to deal with why these prayers are not being answered. Because I can't tell you to pray for yourself and pray for others if we don't deal with why they're not being answered. If we deal with this issue, then the prayers will be answered. Not maybe, but they will be answered. Let's pray. Father God, I pray for total restoration on today. If you want, you can repeat this after me. I pray for total restoration on today. I surrender my life to you. I ask you, Lord, for forgiveness of all my sins. Lord Jesus, I need a fresh start. A start where I can experience what it's like to live a dedicated life. A life that honors you through prayer. I plead your precious blood over my situation. And I make a commitment on today to honor you with my life. And I surrender everything and all things to you once again. I'm not playing around this time. I give it all to you. Everything that's in me that's not like you, I ask you, Lord, to take it. I cast it out. I cast out the devil in my thinking and in my mind and my body and I let you have full dictatorship over my life and I love you Lord Jesus
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We thank the Lord for you on today and his hot <laughs> message. Amen. And these messages are always not, not always easy because it's dealing with something that we deal with sometimes, strongholds. But I thank the Lord for you. If you want to call in and hear us live on Sundays, 10.30 a.m., 720-820-1583. That's 10.30 a.m., 720-820-1583. You have listened to the Contender of Faith broadcast, and I'm your host, Robert Jones. You be blessed. <laughs>